This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good morning, this is Talking Devils, your favourite Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by Manchester United legend Paul Parker to talk over a very, very eventful weekend at Manchester United. If you're watching on live on, on YouTube or Facebook, feel free to get your comments and questions in. And if you're watching on the replay, do feel free to comment. We do reply and comment to everything that we get in the comments. If you're back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. Um, yeah, Paul, before we get into it, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Why not? Not bad at all. Yeah, I would really like to start off a podcast like this. Uh, we're obviously going to address the elephant in the room um, in due course, but I want to make sure that we are doing... Um, no disservice to what we saw yesterday. Um, not not in terms of the performance with Manchester United. I don't think we were particularly great against Fulham. But um, Garnacho came on. He's had a really impressive couple of weeks. Um, he was fantastic against Aston Villa in the League Cup on Thursday. Possibly disappointed not to have been given a start on, on Sunday against Fulham. But he came off the bench and immediately made an impact with his, um, his incident, his direct play. And then scores the goal at the end. Um, we are going to be dominating this conversation talking about uh, Ronaldo, but I do want to um, make sure that we give a lot of, we start off on the right note and give pra- uh, praise where it's due to Garnacho because it was a great performance from him, a great cameo and a fantastic goal. And in the moment when it's a late winner for United and you know things didn't look like they were going to go our way, to end this sort of half season on that kind of note was such a a pivotal, a pivotal thing, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it, <clears throat> it was important for both sides. I mean, Fulham have had a, a very good first half of the season, and they, you know, and they wanted to finish in it on a good note. Which, given how the game was over the ninety odd minutes, we have to say they deserve something out of the game. Yeah. But for United to have lost that game, it would have left a few weeks, and it would have been a tough few weeks for the manager in that situation. But it's amazing what the difference three points can make. You look where everything is, and I think we say this, when, when the league kicked off in August, and United to be where they are, and 
you look at how far they're off the top, you would have said, that's good. Because yeah. I don't think anyone expected United to be that many points close to the top. I think yeah. everyone was definitely expecting City to have gained an advantage. No one saw Arsenal. So I have to say, it's, it's going okay. It can definitely get better, without a doubt. And I think you can, you know, there's a lot of good things that you could see in the game yesterday, but there were some bits where you just know where it needs tweaking. And I'll state the obvious January could make a difference <laughs> in, how, in, in, that, in that little bit, but we don't know if there's going to be anything available in January. There has been over the last few seasons, January has always been a time when United have done things, but it's not always the best time. But you can just see they are just missing something. They've, I thought Martial done well as a centre forward. You can see he comes off, he joins in, he links play. You can see one against one. You can, he's very good at that. The way you know he, he pushes the ball, pushes the pushes the ball out of his feet, and he gets shots off. But you know, but the thing about it, you can't trust him. You know, to suddenly have an injury. You yeah. know, and there's an opportunity for him now, after all these years and what he cost at that given time, to really go and make a mark for himself. But Again, you have to still wonder about his heart, really. Is his heart really in it enough to want that position so much? Because it's there available at this moment in time, but the longer it carries on, the manager's going to go out and get a centre-forward. So um, there's an opportunity for Martial to, uh, to, to nail something down in that position or even n- nail down <clears throat> a starting berth at this moment. Yeah. Um, a quick word on Garnacho, um, because obviously he did so well when he came on. He transformed. It looked like United were going to plot to a draw, but he added that um, penetration behind the line. He was straight away going for the win. He wasn't settling for anything less. And it was that determination, literally, that determination that got him past the defender and to score the goal. Great composure to score at that time as well. Um, what did you make of his impact? Well, I mean, it worked out really well. You can always see it and you know exactly what he's going to do. You, When you talk about someone like him, you commentate about him, I just always say, and I've said all the time, is that he's a person I wouldn't want to play against as a fullback because you know he's always looking to go the other side. You know he's going to try and get there. You know that there's always it's, it's, he could do it ten times. He could fail nine, but there's going to be that one that's, that might just cost you, and that's what he's like. It's a bit like a an Andre in a way. Andre was one of those wide was you know one of those ones you don't see anymore. Ganacho is the first of its kind. He's a wide player. And he actually wants to do the tough job. He he wants to go round the outside. He wants to, and that's what he wants to do when he runs out. He's threatened to go and really stretch as a fullback. And uh, I think it's great to see because it's as you see it now. Everyone everyone is cutting inside. It's it's just like you think, okay, go on, and you're going to try and curl it. And you know it takes time and time, and it goes all over the place. Balls are going out for throw-ins, or goal kicks because they keep cutting inside. And the one that goes in. You know, all of a sudden it's the greatest goal in the world, but they've had so many chances by Ganacho plays in this manner of just brute strength, power, and a desire to keep going at people. So if you're a fullback, you, you don't want to be up against him because of the way he plays. And that's the big difference between him and anyone else in that team. I thought Ilanga was going to be that one. Those first few games he, under, he had under Rannick, yeah. I thought to myself, oh yeah, I like this boy because he's, He's actually out wide and he's showing a passion to want to go and take someone on rather than checking back and, and then flicking it back to the fullback, flicking it inside. Then all of a sudden, 
his whole game changed and he hasn't recovered. He's he's not the player that first started under Randnick for some unknown reason. Um, we see Rashford out there and he doesn't take anyone on. Well, he doesn't get past him, I should say. Um, that's not his strength unless he's playing on the right where he can, on the left side where he can cut inside. Martial, we haven't, we just haven't seen him. We just, we just, what we saw yesterday, you're kind of going, yeah, I like it. But then fingers crossed for everybody, are we going to see him again in an, in the next fixture? But he's got plenty of time to, to not to worry about that at this moment. But the biggest one is Sancho. That's the biggest one. And I don't know what's going on there at this moment in time, really, in that Sancho situation. Yeah. You know, there's things coming up. I, I really don't know what's going on there, but whatever it is, it's, it would be down to his form and the fact of he's not happy about, you know, every time he plays, he gets taken off or he's not starting game. So he won't be happy. But yeah. there's, only one, there's only one person who can sort that out, Wayne. And, yeah. that's, and, that's, and that's himself, of course. I, I did have a little bit of sympathy for him last... I mean, yeah, his, his form is, is, is form and he's responsible for that. Paddy Power put out a tweet last week, didn't they, where they were, like, taking the mick out of him. And I thought that was a bit low because, he, I mean, it's a professional disappointment. You don't need to do that. Well, you could sort of pick... I know there are not that many English players in the Premier League these days, but you could sort of like take your pick out of the ones who didn't get in the squad and, and take the mick out of them. I think it was a bit low for that. And you don't know, we don't know what's going at this moment in time with what, what's going on with him. And let's be frank about it. We've um, got a lot of stuff to speculate, speculate about in other areas. Um, another thing, again, Garnacho, just to go back to him, he, um, he had a really good impact against Villa as well in the League Cup. Um, United needed to sort of put our message. Very interesting your point of view on this, Paul. We've talked about the, um, the pluses and minuses of changing the team around, and he did. He made a lot of changes. Um, it was pretty much, apart from Malassia and Dubravka in goal, it was pretty much a team that he inherited. So it, it was interesting to see how that team would do. And to be fair, in the first half, they were really flat. It needed the the changes, you know, the likes of Eriksen coming on, Garnacho coming on, Martinez later on, to make the kind of impacts that change the game. And it does, I'm not saying that it, it leaves you wondering the impacts that Ten Hag's had on the existing players, but it does make you think that um, not as many of them have stood up as we would like to, you know, like once they've put the, the actual first team as in like Casemiro on that, you can see the difference um, in the players that he's brought and it, it speaks a lot to the, um, I, I don't want to say that the players have let us down with the recent performances. I, I don't mean that at all, but maybe they've not as they've not responded as a squad as well as we would have hoped to Senag. And maybe it's been the individuals that he's brought in that have made the big difference. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a fact. It is the individuals and they've made a massive difference. And that's why the reason why Manchester United are where, where they are, are where they are at this moment, it's because those players they brought in, he's brought in, you can see that he's got a formation, you can see there's a structure, you can see there's a way forward for Manchester United at this moment in time. The windows are very, very important. If you judge it off of what he's done already, then you can, you, if you can go out and do, replicate what he's done, then United will step forward because there's going to be more, more of his players coming in and you know that there's a better chance of them, of Manchester United improving. But you've seen in a cup game, and I think even when you see some of the substitutions he's made, and even when he's done it, and it's caused problems to sub some of the substitutions. It worked in a way midweek, but because there were stronger players coming on. But even a game yesterday, he makes that first substitution. I've turned around and said, 
I turned around and said, "That's a mistake. That it's gonna, it's gonna bring, it's gonna bring them on. They, Fulham are just gonna come on, come yeah. on to them. Especially Dan, Daniel James coming on. You could see what was being said to him by Marco Silva, and it proved that as well. He virtually just said to him, he wanted him just to run behind, run into that space that Luke Shaw doesn't want to go into, and he ran into there and caused problems. Um, and you saw that the midfield lost their way. They sat back. Fulham suddenly took the game on, get himself, got themselves back into it and looked like the more side was going to be prosperous at any, at any given time. And United were quite, you know, counter-attacks as, yeah. as such. Yeah. Um, not, not controlled counter-attacks. It was more luck than by judgment, more, you know, in certain ways. So he knows himself what he's got underneath maybe his best eleven is maybe another two or three on top of that and the rest of it isn't enough isn't enough yeah. for what he for what he wants to achieve at this moment in time and i think it's important that he stays in all the cup competitions as much as possible i think it just adds something with the up with the new players coming in they, they, the first thing got to be on their mind is to come to manchester united they want to win something yeah. Want to win yeah. something, and I'm, and for him, if he if if he's content to be knocked out of the you know the FA Cup and the League Cup because he's concerned about top four and maybe a um, <clears throat> Champions sorry Europa sorry is it Europa League, then I'll turn around and say that he's not the person then who I think he is. Yeah. Any 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 success with a cup in in his first season what a difference that would make to him as a manager straight away yeah. to go, to go to the board and say that a little bit more that, and what he needs. And he's got to be allowed. Then he'll say, I've got to be allowed to carry on with what I'm doing. In fact, I need to improve on what I'm doing and you've got to allow and work harder to get my targets. Yeah. Um, ben says, I love to go out and play type of football, but I must admit the more I watch 10 Hogs United, the more I realize our system to fall back on helps the players thrive and that's definitely fair because we've seen um, the products of that this season um all right paul we've um, been beating around the bush we've got to talk about it cristiano ronaldo um around nine o'clock last night piers morgan tweets that he's done an interview with ronaldo and it's the headlines are going to break within the hour and um it's going to be explosive and all that and it has been you know um to say the least it's dominated the media over the last sort of 12, 13 hours. Um, and it's a difficult one to start off with because the first thing is there are comments in there what he's made that are devoid of context. So we won't know completely how everything matches up together once people watch and hear this interview in full because we all know Piers Morgan would have looked for the most sensational parts of what he could get. And they're going to be twisted and, and put into the context that they need to be put into context about to generate their clicks and headlines. However, we also know from the actual quite specific ways in which he's said things that you don't really need the context to sort of pick them apart. And there are a couple of headline criticisms in there. One of those is that he thinks he's being treated unfairly by the club. The second, And this pertains to, I guess, either the... the pretext in which he, uh, the context in which he was brought back the um the idea that they were going to be challenging a lot more than what they are um the state the club was in when when he returned um also alluding to things that i don't want to get into on, on this podcast to do with the way that he's, he's he was treated with 
um, when his daughter was ill over pre-season because I think, you know, he stayed behind on pre-season. He didn't go to Australia. So, you know, he, he was there and at the same time he was pitching for a transfer. We all remember that episode. Um, and then there's the other things where he's, he's basically, everyone is saying that he's called out the owners and saying that you know, he's talked about the facilities. Apparently on Talk Sport this morning, Piers Morgan's come out and he's also said something about um, there's a lot more to do with the owners that's going to be mentioned in the thing. So Ronaldo's really not happy. So stand to wait and see what he says about that. Um, obviously, comic comics, we've not heard about that yet. And then the third thing is um, he said about Ten Hag, uh, basically in, in words to the effect, I haven't got the exact phrase in front of me, um, I don't respect him because he doesn't respect me. Um, all of which seems like it's um, inevitably ending for a very swift resolution. I mean, I'm, I'll be surprised if he's still contracted by the club by the time that the interview airs. And I think it, is it tomorrow the first part does or Wednesday. By the time that airs on television, I'll be surprised if it's still with the club. If, you know, by tonight the club haven't put out a statement. Um, we can get into the meat and bones in it in a minute, Paul, but um, I, I just want to ask your reaction as a former player. You've represented the club. You, you know, you've played in front of that crowd. Um, you've benefited from the, the link that you've had with United and the you know the work that you put into United and you represented the club with a certain dignity. You know you've always tried to be that way for as long as I've known you. How? Uh, what's your reaction to the things that Ronaldo has said? Well, I mean, first of all, um, as far as I, I mean, I won't be watching it. I'll have no interest in listening to him. I couldn't do it because I'll just sit there and I'll be pulling faces and it would just, I couldn't, I can't do it. I, I, I can't watch him go and do something like that. Plus the other fellow with him, I can't stand him. So I, yeah. so I will not be watching it. Um, when I listen to someone like him talk and I hear people, when they keep talking about respect, it's amazing, you know, what, what you've got to do. And to come out and say you don't respect your manager and come out and say that, I just find it really baffling how a player can, how he can go and do anything like that. It tells you that all the good bits that people try to say about him, everything was virtually them just trying to cover cover him really, all this fact of all the players are looking at how he's eating and everything like that. You know, he's, the young players are in awe of him and no, that was someone just someone just selling a story, to be perfectly honest, because this hasn't been hidden. He hasn't hidden that away, this side of him. It's been there. Do the, I mean, is there, is there, is he getting a lot of respect from the players? Um, yes, for what he's achieved. As a person, I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it, because he can't hide this. This person, he he can't hide that in the dressing room. It be it will be it will be it will be dragged out. It will definitely come out. And he's got to remember he's disrespected, you know the 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 biggest person within you know within within Manchester United. He's disrespected Sir Alex Ferguson by something like this as well, because he was one of the advocates of him coming back. He talked about Ronaldo talked about. Him being involved in it, he's the what you know everything about it was about coming back because the respect he's got for Sir Alex. If he had any respect for Sir Alex, he would not have gone waited to go and do an interview just before he's running away, going away um, on international duty. It is a he is a, 
is a coward to go and do something like that. He hasn't got to face it, hoping not to face his teammates or anyone around again. So I'm waiting to see as well how, how his attitude is going to be around the World Cup. If he starts for his national team, that tells you that he's got a bit of con there because, in theory, he's not good enough to play in a, start, a regular starter in a Manchester United team. He certainly isn't good enough to be a regular starter in his national team. So what are they going to do about it? How are they going to look at this situation? Is the manager going to look at that and think to himself, well, hold on a minute? You know, so I'm I'm disappointed disappointed in what he's going to done. Am I surprised? Of course I'm not. It's been it's been going on for ages. The moment he walked off against Spurs, Spurs game, that should have been it. On a player's point of view, that should have been enough for them to know exactly a hundred percent what it's about. But then when he comes back and the manager makes him captain, I'm kind of I think I said it I said it last time. I just I didn't get that. That was that was poor in my opinion, to allow that to happen. And how has he treated that? <laughs> by, going, by going out and doing something like this behind everyone's back. When I'm seeing that he was supposed to be ill for the last two games, I'm kind of shaking my head, you know, about the whole thing. I mean, again, that was you just knew that wasn't true. It was never put out there as such, but it was never true that, that he was ill. It was, again, <laughs> you're not playing. Um, he won't be starting. So his idea was, well, I'm not going to sit on that bench again. So all of a sudden he says he's ill. He missed the pre-season. So if you miss the pre-season, in theory, you're not fit enough because you haven't done the work that everyone else has done. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because all, all again, all these fanboys are coming out. Oh, but he's so fit. He keeps himself fit. He looks after himself. He's fine. It's doing the. But it's about doing the work with your teammates, doing that hard grind, doing those long runs, feeling their pain, everything is about doing them, not on your own. It doesn't work that way. And that just sums it up. He's on his own. Yeah. Football, he did not win all his, all what he's won on his own. Yeah. Didn't do it. All those goals he scored, he didn't do it on his own. Yeah. All, the tro- all the medals he won, league titles, Champions League, he didn't do it on his own. Until such time football becomes an individual sport, you can never do it on your own. And that's the bit he hasn't understood. He hasn't, he hasn't understood about sitting on the bench, you're still part of the team as well. You're still there. It's up to you how you handle that situation if you ever need it. And when he was called upon, he ran away. It's as simple as that. It- I mean, I've, I've written um, a piece for the website. I'll put a link in the comments uh, for it. Ben says here it's a sad way for things to end, and, he, you know, he's right for sure. Um, so I, I've written this thing on the website, and it goes into a long detail of um, the oh, – sorry, we've got another comment here from, I think it's Stell commenting. He says the old situation stinks. Um, I think there'll probably be a bit more coming in on that because um, <laughs> still I know he's been a bit vocal on social media with it. But yeah, I've written this thing on, on the website. Um, three and a half thousand words where I've gone into all my reasons for why I think it's disgusting what's happened. But I think for me, it's Ronaldo can do and say what he wants on his platform. He's got millions of people there. He can reach those millions of people with a video where he just says what is on his mind. To go to Piers Morgan of all people, and his history with the club is disgraceful with United. He's obviously an Arsenal fan. He's not going to miss the opportunity to twist the knife in. But people will remember he was the editor of the um, Mirror when they put the the dartboard up of Beckham 
Um, he was the editor of the Mirror when they um, there was a thing over the 2000 pickup when the club had a political pressure about the 2006 World. Um, you know all, all that sort of stuff when they went to to Brazil to participate in the first Club World Cup. He he sort of um, laid this uh, media framework where they said, "Well, United will get some sympathy," and he twisted the knife as soon as it was confirmed, saying United had abandoned the or that they disrespected the cup and everything like that. And obviously, I mean, I'm talking about two specific instances that he's done with United, but he's a man with a very controversial track record anyway. And the second thing is the sub. Why do we? Why? Why do we with the sub? I mean, it, it's just. <clears throat> he didn't need to do it, and the th the thing is as well. It is so disrespectful, disrespectful to Garnacho, who who idolizes him. Paul, he's scored this goal in very, in very similar fashion to one that Ronaldo scored fourteen years ago. So that would have been the basis of that conversation all night and all day today. People would be talking about that, and now they're not. They're talking about just Ronaldo. Garnacho's completely out of the picture. I just think. It's absolutely disgraceful. I've I've defended him. We've had these conversations where I've um, you know I've talked about the benefits, and I, I felt that he was still trying the pressing game and all that sort of stuff, and all that kind of positive argument that we've had about him. And like you said, you know, you've looked at the body language of him, and you've kind of gone, "Oh, something's not right there." But you've sort of, well, not you, but I, as a supporter, I've sort of given it the benefit of the doubt, just saying, "Oh, that's just Ronaldo, the way that he carries himself." But now, you know, disrespect of the manager when he's actually come out, it does make you look at the last four or five months and think, "Jesus, that's it's full on." And to actually come out and say that, I mean, these kind of things happen at football clubs, don't they? Don't get me wrong. Players will have disagreements with managers. Players will disrespect managers. But to, for the highest profile player in the country to come out to the highest profile manager in the country and say something like that, the disrespect, it's incredible. Like It's absolutely incredible. Regardless of the Morgan, this one, all that kind of thing. That's an individual to individual kind of thing, isn't it? And it's just uncalled for. Yeah, it certainly is. And when you look as well, he was disrespectful to the club by using using his family as a way to have a go at the club. The way talking about the way he's treated, which is absolute, you know, rubbish. You just, I just know what the club's about, and anything like that, you know, they'll do everything possible. You know, as I think any club would, but Manchester United, Manchester United definitely, definitely would. It's the, it's the way the club is about family, and so he's used that to have a pop at the club as well. And I will ask, and I will say that, you know, people talk about, I mean, it's mentioned, oh, he scored 24 goals. We've got to remember that the, the, the goals at the end of the season, the goals for Manchester United that season when he scored his goals was what, maybe one of our lowest totals over a season because yeah. the, the difference that he made to, to Manchester United as an attacking team. It was centred around him. Everything was about him scoring. Some players... Felt as if they had to keep giving him the ball rather than take the responsibility himself. We look at how went before he turned up. United finished the season quite well. Finished quite well. <clears throat> or going quite Cavani. Everything. Oli had got that little bit right. There was there was something going on. The moment he arrives, things started to go wrong. Cavani lost his way. Cavani threw his toys out the pram and just couldn't. You know, weren't you know. He had a long injury problem. I don't know how injured he was. There was so many problems, things that happened. Then Ollie's gone after that as well. 
could we argue that the fact of if Ronaldo doesn't turn up, could Oli have still been in his job? Because there was there was a progression, there was something that happened for him to go to the next bit. We don't know whether or not he would have succeeded, but there was something there. Ronaldo turning up made it difficult for everything. It changed the dynamics of something that looked like it was starting to go in the right direction. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of comments coming in here. Patrick says, good morning, Wayne Paul. Much needed result on Ronaldo. I'm confused. He wanted to leave in the summer, but yet United are trying to drive him out. It doesn't quite correlate. Exactly. So the point I've made in the piece uh, that I wrote, he said, we have to see it for what it is. Ronaldo is extremely frustrated that things aren't going his way and Champions League clubs are not falling over themselves to take him. Yeah, that's what I, I did. I've doubled down on that piece. In the, he went to the club happy to go. It's not United's fault. It's not the manager's fault. And it's not even Ronaldo's fault at this point that no one would take him on. Because unless Ronaldo, he, he was basically just saying, I only want to join the Champions League club and They've got to be. It's got to be on similar money because if he was doing that, he was being dead unrealistic with what was on the table for him. If he wanted to go, the club were making it quite easy for him to do that, and I don't understand that that situation was still the case. He was still, he would have still been free to leave in the winter, and it would have been fine. There was no need for all of this. It just seems completely unnecessary. He's dragged the club through the mud. It, well, I'm going to rephrase that because I'm going to come to you in a minute with it, Paul. Um, so. It's, Come to the rest of the comments. Oh, Patrick just closed out saying he should cut his losses and go to the MLS. Saudi or return to sporting, possibly. He'll probably just follow what Messi's doing. If Messi goes to the MLS, he'll think it's safe to go to the MLS himself. You know. And, uh, well, we know. Sorry, Wayne. We know. We know that sport, Sporting are not going to take him. Sporting, sporting yeah. don't want him. They don't need him. They do not need yeah. him. You know, anybody's watching. They do not need Ronaldo. You know, if you're talking about high energy, if you're talking about closing down, I always say closing down because that's that's what it is. It's not pressing. That's a newfangled word, word they brought up for the youngsters. Um, closing down, which has been in football since football started, by the way, closing down. So, in the way they play, too high tempo for him. He wouldn't last two seconds. The manager doesn't want him. So, he could go to the MLS. And if he thinks it's going to be easy when... Easy, easy in the MLS. It's not. There's a lot of fit, agile Americans who are going to want to prove a point. Ronaldo yeah. is going to be one of them. And if you speak to some, he Graham, you speak to him and you talk to him about maybe about him thinking it was going to be easy when he went to America. I'm quite sure he'll say it's been very, very difficult going in there. Younger players who are hungry, fit, agile, strong. It's not going to be easy as a PR machine in America. He'll go there, and all of a sudden he'll find, hold on a minute, why, why am I getting adulation from everyone? Sorry, football or soccer is not followed by a lot of people. And yes, there's a load of people in America, but the amount of people, that, that window that he's gone into <clears throat> is a very, very small one yeah. of fans over there. So if that's what he wants to do, yeah, let him go, gonna... I would say. You've got to have a certain personality to transcend that line as well. Because Beckham had it because he had the marketing team and he was very sort of amenable to that. But Ronaldo doesn't have the kind of personality that pulls him out of football. Beckham does. So you're going to, I mean, Gerard struggled. Even Zlatan was kind of embraced a little bit, but he has more personality than what Ronaldo does. So yeah, and Ben says, always seemed a risky move to bring him back. And he expected if there was no Champions League, he'd walk, maybe never. Yeah, didn't, um, not surprising. 
Surely this is an option for him, maybe we'll forgive him. I'm not bothered either way where he goes. If he goes, I, honestly, if he goes to Chelsea, fine. He doesn't matter at this point, you know. There's nothing he can do that can, he can't really tarnish his legacy. And I, I'm saying that with all sincerity, more than what he already has done. He can't, even if he went to Liverpool or City from this point, we're not, it doesn't matter where he goes. Honestly, it doesn't matter. Nobody cares. And I, and I, I say that with sincere sadness because I don't like saying that because, you know, he's been one of the best things having him come back. It was great. I liked seeing him make history. I've enjoyed having um, my nephew idolise him. I love that kind of thing. And now and now you move on and he's going to let your idols move on and you have to pick a new favourite player. Um, it's just part, and that's part and parcel of it. I, it's, you know, um, Ben says, I think he sees himself being back to a so he's now how I see it, but teams in with his I think that's the crux of it. Paul, what I really find amusing though out of all of this, because the first thing is it's disgraceful that he's he's dragging the club through this, putting him putting the club on the front page of the sun, having Piers Morgan of all people interview him, um, and having him revel in this idea that he's causing some kind of chaos at United. Now the, the reality of this situation is Ronaldo is a problem that United needed to solve anyway, right? It needed to be solved quite quickly. There's no games for four or five weeks. Tenog doesn't have the squad around him. The press aren't going to go on this for four or five weeks. This is going to get decided in the next few days. Ronaldo will probably have his contract terminated by mutual consent before he's even back from the World Cup. So he won't be back at Old Trafford. You're back to Old Trafford. You're going to have a squad that's how Tenog wants it in the unified fashion brought together by the chaos of everything that's been instigated by the press. So everything that Piers Morgan thinks he's trying to do with this is going to have the opposite effect straight away because as soon as you get Ronaldo out, there's going to be an insular sort of bonding. This what naturally happens after times of controversy like this. I mean, I'm not saying... The Cantona episodes, for example, in when he was sent off twice in '94. Then when he was sent off against Palace, he didn't disrupt the dressing room because the outside reaction was so strong that it bonded the dressing room, right? So that's technically what you're going to find in this case. And Tenno really has got an opportunity to use it to his massive advantage, hasn't he? No, I think he has. And it's kind of taken a lot off of him because everyone's sitting there waiting for him to make decisions. As I said earlier, the Tottenham one, I thought he got that wrong in making him captain when he did come back. But now it should give him the, the free run and make maybe just make everything easier from the dressing room point of view. So I'm quite sure it wasn't comfortable from there. You know, you haven't, he hasn't mentioned the players or he hasn't talked about the players because I think there, there was a lot there. The players would never say anything, publicly say anything. I'm quite sure you might hear a little bit splattered about everywhere now, now that there's this belief now that he's going to be gone. But it mostly wasn't right in there. And when he was playing, was there any great belief in the way they played? You know, when they played, when he was on the field, I don't think there was, that he was going, he was going to do enough for the team. I think the Villa game showed that. I think you saw bits of it yesterday with what was happening out there, that you could see that there's, there's a more freedom when they go forward. Players were taking more responsibilities. It looks more in the comfort zone, but... For ten half now, there's a there is an opportunity for him to step forward, and 
so now you're asking now um, mutual consent. That could have been done months ago, Wayne. His whole thing was really in his court. He could have, you know, bought his contract out. He, anything could have happened to stop this going on. I just wonder why he's kept this going for so long when everyone would know now that he was he was in, within himself. He was quite unhappy. But then to talk about, the, you know, saying the words, the club hasn't evolved since Sir Alex, you know, retired. I mean, that's got, you know, that's, that doesn't come into it, you know, the training ground, this and everything. What, you know, why, why, just talk about the football side of it. Talk about your issues. It's nothing, don't start blaming it on things, things like that. At the end of the day, you're a footballer. There's green grass, change rooms mostly nice and warm, decent showers. Just do that bit of it. Don't worry about all the other side because that's really not, not your domain. And then to talk about the situation with the owners as well, which is obviously, I think, trying to use as so to try and keep people with him that to say that he's, you know, he's with them as well. And on that point, is a bit weak as well. Yeah, it is a bit. I mean, Patrick has made a comment, and it is something that I'm getting a lot in my mentions on social media. Oh, Ronaldo's called called the owners out. Um, Patrick says, just so I'm reading it out for the audio podcast, for balance, we have to call a spade a spade. Ronaldo hit the nail on the head about the lack of infrastructure investment by the Glazers and the previous CEO, complacence and negligence post-Fergie. Which, yeah, you can say that, but, I mean, Liverpool operate under a tighter budget than what we do and they've still succeeded. Do you know, and I'm I'm not defending the owners at all. What I'm saying is United can still succeed if we've got the right structure in place. There's nothing, you know... I just think it's a deflection from Ronaldo to say, oh, I, I'm not doing well because there isn't the support on me. No, address your own role in that. You, you've declined. It's natural. It's fine to do that. You're not the player that you were 10 years ago. You can't do the same things you could do 10 years ago. I don't think it's a terrible thing for him to admit that. But to turn it the other way, now I will say, I don't want to comment too much on this because apparently there's a lot, you know, Morgan has said that there's going to be more about the ownership Anything. I just think at this moment in time, from the rest of the content which we know, it just looks like a deflection. It looks like if there's anything that's in there, someone has said to him, you might curry favour with the fans if you sort of criticise the ownership or something like that, considering they're all going to be a bit unhappy that you dragged the club under the bus like this. Um, ben says, Joel Glazer must take some blame for allowing this to happen. Didn't he put the move out allegedly where Ten Hag wanted him gone? I think, by all accounts, as far as I know, Ben, towards the end of the window, everyone had reached agreement that he could go for nothing as long as, as long as there was a taker there, and the taker were Chelsea, who they thought were going to take him because Bowley wanted him there, but the manager didn't. I don't know if that contributed to Tuchel going, but that option might be back on the in January because Potter's under a little bit of pressure, or as we've already talked, like Paul said earlier, Sporting was a place where he wanted to go, but they just didn't want it to happen. So, I mean, that's nobody's fault. It's not United's fault. It's not Ten Hag's fault. And, and Paul said it so well earlier on. Everything that's happened with Ronaldo in terms of, you know, he came back from pre-season um, and he wasn't fit. He, you've got to give those players who were there on pre-season their fair shake to play because they've been around the squad. They've put the odd yards in. And then once Ronaldo did come in, he came in pretty quickly, by the way. It wasn't like he was kept out for games. He was straight back in for Brentford and he looked like a player who didn't have a pre-season. So then he was out again for when we played against Liverpool. And look, let's be very frank about this. 
see how bothered <laughs> Ronaldo is. But Ronaldo knows, just as he came into the side and we got rid of Van Nistelrooy for Louis Sahar. And Sahar wasn't as good as Van Nistelrooy, but what he did is he had fluidity and agility in the way that he played that Van Nistelrooy didn't have. And that gave a lot of freedom for Rooney and Ronaldo to benefit from. It's exactly the same kind of situation. won't be anywhere near as as Ronaldo, but it's better for the team at present. Um, Still asks, do we know when this interview was given? No, there's some suspect. There was some speculation, and I don't want to go too much speculation. Just from what we know from what he said, but there was some speculation that it was before the Villa game, um, before the Villa League Cup game, because that's why the illness has cropped up. Apparently, that they, they've known that this was out, and they just want him around the squad. Um, I think, from United's perspective. Paul, you, January becomes a bigger month, doesn't it? If say Ronaldo's moved on, there was a talk before this Ronaldo stuff that Maguire might get moved on as well. I doubt Maguire will go in the winter. Maybe he will, I don't know, but they'd be two massive dressing room presences that are gone. If Ronaldo goes, you kind of think that, I'm not saying that United need to splash cash or anything, but need to be wise and, and do like a good, they'll need to make a good move in the transfer market. Not necessarily loads of money, but something that'll bring a lot of good goodwill around the club again. They're going to need something like that, just like a little injection to say, we're moving on, this is the next phase of it, rather than just being stuck in this post-Ronaldo little right? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's definitely what they need to do. They need to go out and give them the opportunity that they can, and then the other side of it, can they get what they want? Not just go and get someone who's going to fill a gap, get someone who who you can build on, you know, and even if it means you go out and get maybe something at the top end, something, you know, in a, in a high, higher market value, more pedigree, that person can still learn and he comes in as a, comes in if he wants to switch it or flick it around a bit. So he's got someone there he, he can use in, for different reasons. And that's the next stage that needs to happen. The Ronaldo bit needs to, <clears throat> needs to be put to bed. I mean, the World Cup obviously will take a bit away. And then once the season starts, it's going to be mentioned again. The one thing that's not going to be is going to be said by anybody. It looks like United miss Ronaldo. Yeah. And Mr. Ronaldo ten years ago, without a shadow of doubt, the Ronaldo now, they definitely will not be missing him. And it's proven every time he hasn't be, hasn't been playing. But they they don't you know that they don't they don't need him. He's more of a hindrance, to be perfectly honest, if anything. And, you know, and, and that's the way I, I say it because it's a fact. And the, the, the thing about it when you're a footballer or anything really, any job in the world is that, is that you know when your time, when it isn't there anymore you, you and you adapt accordingly. Roy Keane knew his injury, injuring his knee. And so Roy adapted his game. Roy changed his game and Roy looked a million dollars when he changed his game. From being that lung-busting box-to-box, getting in everywhere, he changed, he adapted his game and he got cuter and cuter on how he played. His positional sense got better. Where to be to give him the best chance to win the ball? Where to be? To, and he learned all that. Ryan Giggs from a flying winger suddenly stepped inside and become a little bit more central. And you saw Ryan just drop it, dropping inside and playing in there. Sharpie done that in a certain way as well. It's about knowing when weaknesses are starting to happen and it's about you showing strength of mind to take that on board and adapt accordingly. And, and you see the difference with Ronaldo. He lost that, that change of pace. 
And when yeah. you looked at his feet in that role of <clears throat> trying to drop off and play, that wasn't that wasn't in his game. No different to Wayne Rooney. Wayne tried to drop off and be be that kind of player. Wayne couldn't do it because his fitness and energy levels weren't good enough when he done it. So all of a sudden, Wayne stepped away from playing as well. It's about knowing it and accepting it. Ronaldo won't accept it. He thinks he can do that a little bit more. Ibrahimovic is another player. He comes to United and I'm kind of going, wow, what's going on here? But I'll tell you what, he'd done himself justice when he came. He knew yeah. his weaknesses. He, he knew that he'd lost a lot of his game. He had to adapt his game. And he adapted his game. He's still at AC Milan. Yeah. Be, be it that he's out injured at this moment in time. But yeah. be interesting what happens when he's fit, what, what they will do. But he knew how to play of someone of that age. He knew that for his age, he is fitter than anybody else of that age. The difference yeah. is, though, that when it comes to sharpness, agility, that bit in there was what he used to get by. He knew yeah. that was more. That was so important. Teddy Sheringham, as I always mention, Teddy, when you talk about footballers playing with their head, was one of them as well. And there wouldn't be many better than him. And Teddy, as, he got, as his career went on, Teddy seemed to get better in a certain way or he levelled out. But Ronaldo, he won't accept that, Wayne. He will not accept that. And that's where that bit comes from. And he needs someone to tell him. And I don't know if there's anybody who can be honest with him and look at him and say to him, you're not good enough at the moment to play at this time or you can't play that level anymore. You cannot play and get out of it what you want no, no one's out there is brave enough to tell him because otherwise he wouldn't be doing what he was doing. And yeah. he wouldn't be acting in the way he's acting. Because the one thing about it is not to burn bridges. You don't want to burn bridges in life. You definitely don't want to burn bridges. And we can all come away quite bitter. It was easy for myself to do that, to blame everything. But lucky enough, I looked in the mirror quite early and realised it was a bit of me. Ronaldo's got to look at himself in the mirror and ask himself the question. As much as he might look in his face quite young, as well as he might look at it in body, but when it happens about producing that quality, what's what's needed to play for Manchester United for them to go forward, he hasn't got it. Yeah. Well, we'll wait and see what happens with the, the rest of the interview. Um, I don't think we'll be doing a podcast next week just to talk about the contents of Piers Morgan's interview with Cristiano Ronaldo, but I will be watching. I'll, I'll be listening and trying to um, pick up what's made of it. The one thing I will say is that you mentioned it earlier about the birding bridges and everything like that, and I just I think that he's done that with this interview. I think that whatever comes out, I think that it's just going to be too much. Um, and it's just so sad because the legacy that we put in place for him, I mean, he didn't create that reputation of the seven. It was created for him. You know, there was Robson... Best, Cantona, even what Beckham, the ones that the, the club don't really talk about, like Coppel and Morgan, these players who all wore the number seven shirt with distinction, um, they contributed towards the legacy of it. He walked into the club and took the shirt and made it a brand. A fair play, he worked hard and became the best player in the world, but it was still an opportunity that was given to him because of the work that had been done before him. And doing what he's done over these last 24 hours, honestly, he's, as far as I'm concerned, I just think he's absolutely destroyed the legacy um, which he built up at the club. He's going to be a football great, without a doubt, but I don't know if I'll ever be full, uh, fully comfortable calling him uh, a Manchester United great. Um, that's it for this week, guys. Thanks for sticking with the pod. I know I've had, a, I think, a, a few audio and 
video issues with my pod. I think it's Wi-Fi connection. Video seems to be cutting out on my end. So it's um, probably time to cut it on the pod but, uh, for today. Um, but hopefully it's not been too bad or jarring an experience for anyone watching or listening. We'll be back soon anyway, probably at some point in the World Cup to um, comment on how things are going out there. Even the World Cup seems a, a more preferable thing to talk about than Ronaldo at the moment in time, and that's going somewhere um, to saying um, what, how bad it's been. Um, if you've enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. If you're watching live on YouTube, on our Facebook, on the replays, feel free to comment so we do reply. If you're listening back on audio, please be sure to subscribe and leave a review on the platform. You're listening on. We'll be back very soon. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening and stay safe and stay well. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.